Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Lunchbox. Excited to have uh, Gabe here with us to share with us what he is doing to invest and, and create cash flow with um, uh, mobile home parks. So with that said, uh, Gabe, tell us about yourself. Where did you start? Where are you now? Where are you headed? And then let's jump into the uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, my name is Gabe Peterson. I, uh, I actually got started um, while well, I'm in Seattle, Washington over on the, on the West Coast. Great market. We've been uh, basically just going straight up uh, for the past 10 years. So I got lucky just being here. Um, but yeah, so I got started in single family, um, doing flips and wholesales, uh, buying rentals. And then the past, shoot, it's been over a year now, me and my partners have been focused pretty exclusively on mobile home and RV parks. Uh, we're just about to close our third one here. So, um, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're wholesaling, mar uh, parks nationally, and we are buying here in Washington state. That's awesome. All right. So tell us, <clears throat> I've got a good buddy, uh, a buddy of mine who said the best investment he's ever made is a mobile home park. And he said, the reason why was because he just owns the pads. And he said every year, probably about five or six people just abandon their, uh, their mobile home. Cause it's cheaper to do that than to, to move it. And he said it costs him like 15 grand, uh, to fix it up and then he resells it again for like 60 grand so he's like he's making money on the on the pads and then every year he's got like you know anywhere from three to six of them uh where he's making you know a pretty massive profit on just fixing up what was abandoned and uh and reselling can you tell us like i mean what are you seeing like what makes for a great uh mobile home park and what are the ones that you you look to stay away from yeah. So, I mean, uh, when you're talking about mobile home parks, it's, um, it's kind of like buyer beware when you're going into it, you got to do a lot of due diligence. Um, cause there we've seen some pretty severe issues that you can run into when it comes to the under or utilities. Um, actually we bought a park uh, out here in Georgia. It was a 26 pad, um, that had a lot of leaks. Uh, we kind of, we put that into our due diligence. We did find it out. We scoped all the, all the plumbing, um, but you know, things like that can pop up pretty quickly and, and really skyrocket your CapEx. However, if you find a good one, um, you're right. The cash flow is it's, I, well, I, I guess I don't have experience in every asset class out there, but it is the best cash flow that I've experienced in any, um, real estate that I've uh, purchased so far. So it's, uh, it's doing real well. I think, um, <laughs> on purchase, like, so for the park in George, Washington, on purchase, it was a, um, I think it was an 18 cap that we, that we bought. And so it's, uh, it does real well. Um, there was quite a bit of work that we had to do when we bought it, but, um, you know, we've had low turnover. We did, there were two units or two tenants that did leave for that specific park. Um, and yeah, they left their, they left their units. Um, we have not, we, we do know the strategy of fixing them up and reselling them, but you know, we haven't gotten there yet for these ones we just kind of trashed them because they're in pretty bad condition and let somebody bring in their new their new unit so um yeah there's there's a lot of opportunity the the cash flow is just great and the it cannot be 
overstated how nice it is to not have the structure to just have to worry about the the utilities um i in my opinion real estate it's if you have too much headache the money is not worth it and you know mobile home parks they really reduce the the headache there so um so yeah i, I it's a, it's a great asset class would highly recommend it to anybody who's who's interested yeah and and can you tell us a little bit about the numbers on that the one you're just talking about right there like what did you buy for what did you have to put into it to get it going? Um, what are the rents looking like? What is the you know rent versus vacancy rate? All the other stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so let me see if I can actually pull up our quick calculator. Uh, I'll just keep talking while I do that. So we bought it at for four hundred fifty thousand um, seller finance. So we put ninety thousand down. Um, the rest was uh, financed by the seller. Uh, it was in a small town over in George. Um, it was actually a pretty unique situation. The, the, the seller, he was a big time potato farmer and that's like what he does. That's his bread and butter. He's just killing it in the potato game, but he, he wanted to make a themed city. And so he bought basically in the entire town of George and he wanted to make like a, a civil, you know, a, a pre-civil war kind of um, themed city. And, but it turns out he's not as good of a developer as he is a potato farmer. And so he kind of abandoned all those plans and he's, he's held on to this, uh, you know, owning the city for so long, he tried to sell all of his plots at once, didn't work out. And then we came along, we're like, Hey, we'll buy your mobile home park. It's just, you know, it's right next to city hall. Um, we, you know, we really like it. It's in a good position. And so he, he sold to us 450,000 was the um, purchase price. And there are 26 units in the park. I'm just pulling up the quick analysis here. Um, if I can find it, man, where is it? Uh, and each, so each unit rents for $350, $350 a month. Um, and that includes utilities right now. So we just had tenants re-sign. Um, it is under market for where it's at. And so what we're going to do is we're going to keep the rent and then just add utilities on as uh, for, for them to pay. Um, and then we it came with three park or four park-owned homes. Um, all of the park-owned homes were in pretty bad condition. They were, uh, they, they were not in something that we would be proud to own. Um, and so we were in the process of... Uh, of Re, well, rehabbing them to the point where the, the, the current tenant can buy it from us. Um, and, you know, we've told them, you know, we'll sell it to you for a pretty, pretty cheap price. Uh, if you just take on the, take on the responsibility of, you know, repairing the, the unit for yourself. So that's where we're at. It's doing, uh, it's doing pretty well. Um, the so far all in for repairs, I think we're at like pretty low, like 23,000 or something like that. So it's not, uh, it's not that much. So you were just, just to get my arms around um, this deal and is this a standard deal or is this an extra good deal? Uh, so we're, we're actually just closing another one that's pretty similar in numbers. Um, it, it's a 40, 43 pad with an upside to a 77. Um, but it, the downside is it is on well and septic, but it's uh, I mean, it's, we're buying it for $664,000. Again, we're putting $90,000 down um, seller finance. So it's, and the, the, it's probably about, I don't know, 45 minutes away from the other one. So it's, um, it's a pretty similar deal. The, the, the uh, rent is $350 a month. Um, so yeah, in Washington state, this is, this is possible um, for this crazy of cap rates that we're getting. It's not really possible to do that on that, you know, closer to Seattle. 
Um, I, I feel like we're just kind of getting lucky with these, uh, these parks that we're bringing in, but I mean, we do pretty heavy marketing to, to get in contact with sellers. And so we, uh, we say no to, um, I don't know, a hundred deals for every, for every deal that we actually take down. Okay. So, so what does it look like? I, I mean, what is it looking like as far as, um, just cash flow on a, you know, on a monthly basement basis for all this after looking like net cash flow, what, what are you guys um, looking at while you're looking it up? Oh, let me ask you an easy question that uh, Kathy has um, for you, which is, um, are you able to get uh, bank financing, other financing on this? Or is that the, re- are you using seller financing? Cause seller financing is awesome. Other people's money or using seller financing because it's harder to get bank financing on stuff like this. So when we make offers, we always give them two, um, two offer prices, one for all cash, one for seller financing. Seller financing is always going to be more attractive. Um, we usually add 20% to the price that we offer for seller financing just because we, you know, we can negotiate um, the terms that make the deal work out for us. And so we really push seller financing. Um, and so the, you know, a lot of sellers are, are, are willing to go down that route with us. Uh, with that said, I mean, you can definitely, you can definitely get financing for the one in George, we probably wouldn't have been able to get financing for it just because there was so much, so many issues with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've gone down the route with financing before. We didn't actually end up closing on those parks, but uh, you can get financing for for parks out there. So that's where you are. You said you guys are wholesaling across the country, other other parks as well. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's great. So what are you seeing, like a standard deal that you are? Uh, that you're coming across, what are you seeing? Um, uh, like, what are you seeing as like standard deals? Um, in terms of, in terms of what, in terms of cap rate, in terms of uh, rehab, in terms of what, what do you, what are you, what are you talking about? In terms of like what you're purchasing for as far as cap rate, um, are they usually, are you normally seeing well in septic? Are you normally seeing city? Um, are most of them, the units owned by the, um, by the park or yeah, most yeah. of them just the pads. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to kind of explain a little bit to us about it, just cause I know I've, I've done a little bit of research. I know enough to probably be dangerous and get myself into trouble. Um, but I know that this is something that a lot of people haven't researched or looked in a lot. So if you could just like kind of give us some one-on-one basics on it, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it really does just go across the board to what, to what you run into when, um, when you're marketing out there. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of parks are on, uh, on public utilities, a lot are on private utilities. So that's kind of, um, in terms of the parks that we've run into, it's probably 60, 40, 60 on, um, public 40 on private, um, in terms, oh, shoot, you, you had a number of questions there. So that <laughs> was the, what, what was the other ones? Oh, uh, park on homes. So yeah, most parks, um, well, shoot, it's probably 60-42 for, for park-owned homes that 60% are tenant-owned homes and then 40% are park-owned. Um, we just did a deal in Arkansas that was 100% park-owned. Um, it was a 93 pad and he owned all of the homes in the park. And it was just like, it was, it was a nightmare. But, um, but yeah, so you, you run into, it really depends on, uh, on the park that you're dealing with when it comes to that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. And uh, what, are, what are you seeing as like an average purchase price? Uh, I know you said it comes across the, the board, but what do you, yep. like, what are you kind of ballpark seeing? Like you should expect to lay out for acquisition. Uh, so 
Oh, you had asked about cap rate too. So we generally, um, I mean, it, it depends on what MSA you're in, um, you know, the condition of the park, all those different variables, but generally our, our offer price goes around an eight to a 12 cap, um, depending upon, you know, the park essentially and, and the area that it's in. Um, so that's the, that's the cap rate that you can expect. That's not, uh, that's not to say that that is the cap rate across the board. If you go on LoopNet or commercial MLS or anything like that, um, you know, there's lower cap rates out there, especially when you're getting into the bigger hubs, um, you know, they can go around five cap, six cap. Uh, so, but we usually offer around an eight to a 12. Um, and in terms of purchase price that, I mean, obviously it depends on the number of units in the park. There are far more, uh, you know, probably 20 to 50 pad parks and there are a hundred plus. Um, and so the, I guess the price per unit, um, let's see if I actually don't have that number. Uh, I should, but for George, it was 17,000. Um, that's on the, the cheaper side. So probably I, I don't have an actual number for you, but it's probably 20 to 25,000 um, for just a general estimation. But um, again, that can, that can vary based on, on where you're at. Yeah. And Kathy was asking as well, uh, a follow-up question as far as uh, what, what do you got to do? So obviously it's, it's much better than like a house where you're, you don't have maintenance and all the other stuff, but what kind of maintenance do you have? Do, do some of the parks have swimming pools or other community amenities? Um, like what are the things that you are in charge of? Yeah. So we really try not to, I don't know why my mic is, or my video is having such a hard time here. Um, we try to steer clear of parks that have other things on, um, on the property, but a lot of parks do. Um, for instance, we had this, there was 121 pad park out on, on the coast here in Washington. Um, and it had a motel on site. It had a pool. Um, it had a playground. It had all these things. It was a great deal. So we were, you know, we were going forward with it, but we didn't, we had all these things that we just didn't want. And so we were looking into ways to just kind of offboard that, sell it on its own. Um, once we actually, uh, you know, purchased it, we didn't end up purchasing that one, but, um, but yeah, so a lot of times you will, there will be other things on the park. Um, and that's just, you know, you got to negotiate for that, uh, within your, you know, your due diligence. Um, it's ideal not to have that because then you have to do the repairs. <laughs> Right, right, right. No, that's great. That's great. So what, um, what kind of maintenance do you have? I mean, obviously there's common ground, there's, there's oh, yeah. stuff like, like, what yep. do you, what does your overhead look like? Um, so for, uh, for OPEX, it's usually um, utilities is the big spender and then your, your manager um, for, you're talking about repair maintenance I'm just saying like, like, what are you getting into? So, so everybody's looking to, to put their money somewhere, but um, this is something that I know a lot of people haven't looked at, but now, you know, especially if you got a wholesale list, I, I know we, uh, there's people would love to get on your list and all the other stuff. But, uh, um, but if somebody's saying, okay, you've got a deal for us right here. And I am, you know, I, I'm really interested. How do I jump in uh, into this, and what am I really going to be getting into? I guess that's the, the yeah. Real question. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what? So the question is, what are you getting into when you buy a mobile home park? Right. Um, so that is, I mean, again, that that depends on a lot of variables. We like parks that are bigger. Um, so we bought this 26 pad in George, and then the um, the another park close to that that had that was a similar size. Um, primarily because we could, with the two combined, we could have a manager. If you don't have a park manager, um, 
that is a nightmare. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so in terms of what you're getting into, um, if you plan to manage it yourself, then you're getting into a lot of, you know, you have to do collections every month and that there are more people in parks. Um, you know, there's, there's just generally more people. And, uh, so that means going around and a lot of these people are only able to pay cash. So you can't do it like a, with an apartment building where you just have, um, you know, online, uh, payment portal. These, uh, a lot of them don't, aren't able to do that. And so they only do cash. And so you have to go and you have to collect the cash. You have to take it to the bank. Um, we actually made an arrangement with a local bank that they could deposit it directly with the bank. So we lucked out there, but, um, but yeah, if you don't have a park manager, then it can it can be difficult. Um, in order to get that, you have to have more than 20, 25, 30 pads. So you can't be on the on the smaller side unless you buy a portfolio of parks that are in the same area. Um, outside of that, then the maintenance is the park manager thing. Um, so you need to like it's it's not like a property manager where you could hire a, ma a management company that could do it. You would likely need somebody that it's their full-time job to kind of be on site and, and do that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's actually the step that we're on right now. We're looking for park managers. Um, and we've, we've heard uh, um, advice from different camps and some people say, you know, they like park managers that don't live on the park, that they're just kind of a property manager that you hire, uh, you know, an external uh, company that comes in and, and does collections and all that stuff. Um, but we, we're going the route of somebody who will live on the property. And so we're providing them with a unit, um, you know, rent free. And then, uh, on top of that, we're paying them. Um, and we just feel like that will, they'll be able to one contribute to the community because community is a huge thing for these, uh, for mobile home parks. And then also they'll, they'll just be there. There'll be boots on the, on the ground. We can, you know, if we need to call them, we can, um, but there, you know, we've have heard, have heard from successful investors out there. Uh, who have gotten an external company to to manage the property? Okay, okay. And what what does a, a property manager look like? You know, as far as uh, you know, how much are you going to be? And obviously, across the country, numbers are going to be different. But what yep. are you, what are you going to pay? And and is it just straight base, or is there any sort of bonus structure? Or how are you guys uh, structuring? Yeah. Um, so actually, I do know this number for so the average uh, um, salary for a park manager is. I think it was 55,000 in the United States. Um, so that's average. And, and there's a big, uh, if you look at the, you know, the graph, there's a big bump around 20,000 and then it goes flat or it goes down. And then there's a big bump at 55,000 and then it goes down um, to about like 70. And so the, the actual average, I think it was like 52,000. Um, what we're planning on doing uh, this is, so we have a kind of a smaller park and so it's not like a 200 pad park. Um, so we're going to do free rent and then, um, probably around 30 to 35,000 is, uh, we haven't, we haven't hired the person yet. Um, right now we're actually managing it ourselves. And so we have firsthand knowledge on why you should not manage it yourself. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, where that's probably where we'll, where we'll land. Okay, cool. What's your goal as far as how many parks are you guys hoping to, uh, to have in the next couple of years? Um, I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> we, we said we, uh, we, you know, we each wanted a hundred, so there's three partners. And so 300 would be a hundred each hundred um, units or a hundred pads. Uh, we don't, we don't really know. We've just kind of been, um, focused on marketing, focused on talking with sellers, focused on operations. And, uh, we haven't really 
picked our head up to decide exactly, you know, where's the, where's the end goal? Where do we want to want to reach? Right. What are some, uh, what are some things that people should look out for and stay away from if they were going to jump into this? Um, yeah. Okay. So park on homes, that's the biggest one. Um, well, there's a lot of things, but park on homes can be a, a real nightmare. We've, we have four of them. Um, and it is essentially you're, you're taking on an older house. And so, you know, mobile homes, generally when you're buying a park, it's not going to be a, you know, 2010, 2000, you know, 20, uh, mobile home. It's going to be a 1970 mobile home, a 1960 mobile home, something that's really old that has, you know, has had time just kind of wearing on it. And so if you have a bunch of park owned homes, that means it's, there is a, a lot of repairs in your future. Um, and so stay away from park owned homes as much as possible. It doesn't mean that, uh, that it's, you know, you might, a deal might come to you and there'll be hundred percent park owned homes, but if it works out, it works out. Just try to stay away from park owned homes. And if you do get them, sell them back to the tenants or uh, find a way to, to offboard those. Um, outside of that utilities obviously is, is a big, uh, a big concern. Um, we have run into issues with parks that we wholesaled, uh, that there were issues with the city. Um, so that can also be, a, uh, an issue. Um, this one that I'm thinking of was in Wisconsin. Um, the city basically applied modern codes retroactively and they reduced the density of the park. And so this park that was, um, I think it was like 43 and made sense at this purchase price at 43 now is at 30. And so like the numbers just don't work out. Um, so you, you know, you gotta be, you gotta know that your park is in good terms, good standing with the city. Um, utilities are a big thing. Uh, if it's septic, get them like right now, there's a park we're doing due diligence on, we're pumping them. Um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know that's a huge expenditure, um, for septics. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's it. Sorry. Did that answer your question? No, it did. It did. Last, last question I've got, uh, well, I actually got two last questions. One is, um, as far as like crime and stuff. Cause I mean, I just think of, uh, almost every movie, you know, all the bad things happen in the trailer parks, right? <laughs> like, so, yeah. uh, so can you tell me just about, uh, um, what you guys are seeing like crime wise and yeah. Yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that also, I mean, that, that is across the board too. There's, you can definitely run into, um, bad parks. For instance, there's a hundred pad park in Texas, Amarillo, Texas right now that we're wholesaling. Um, that is just a nightmare it's like they've got drug drug kingpings in there they just got the the seediest people it's because the the person who bought it the owner um you know back in 2013 he just he you know he he it was a 1031 he needed to use his money somewhere he bought it just stopped paying attention to it and since then the park's just gone down and down and down and down and so the the tenant base there is a nightmare um so yes that that can happen and that's something that you need to be aware of when you're going into the park um and then there's for instance, the park uh, out in George that we're um, that we have is it's a great great park. It's all families. Um, it's a migrant community in an area that is um, mostly crop workers, and so they're they're family oriented. Um, it's a very you know in, engaging community. There's zero crime. We haven't had any issues. There was one person um, who we had issues with, but she left. Uh, and so, you know, we really like the community there. And then this park that we're going to buy, um, in Moses Lake, uh, that's also a really good community. It's just older, 
older folks um, and they're, they're just living their lives out there. And so um, you can get the bad ones, but there's also good ones out there. So it really does uh, depend. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And then the last question is, what should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? Oof, man, that's a good one. Um, what should you have asked me that you didn't ask me? Um, I guess more on, uh, on the marketing. So it is, it is difficult to find good deals in mobile homes, in mobile home and RV parks. Um, there are, so there's only 50,000 out there Well, about, there's a little more than 50,000 in the United States. Um, they're not making more of them. Most jurisdictions will not allow the construction of a new mobile home. Um, park. And so what's out there is what's out there, which means it's good thing, which means there's low, you know, the inventory is set. That's, that's what's out there. And so if you have one, it's a valuable asset. Um, it's also a bad thing because it's competitive because a lot of people are, are looking for these same asset classes. Um, so when you're actually going out to find these deals, uh, for one, you're probably not going to find them on market. I mean, I, we've looked, I've never, ever seen one on market that, that makes sense. Um, and if on market, if it says it's like a 10 cap, then, um, most likely, I mean, just going to the due diligence, probably not a 10 cap. Uh, so you got to find it off market. And in order to do that, a lot of these mobile home park owners are mom and pop owners. Um, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of the deals that we've, that have actually gone through with us are people who didn't even have like computers. They didn't have email there. They were like, can we send you an offer an email? They're like, oh no, we don't do email. And so if you want to find a mobile home owner a good deal, then you have to, uh, you really have to hammer down um, your marketing, off market marketing with uh, direct mail, um, cold calls. Uh, we do a lot of RVMs. Um, we have had uh, some good success with digital marketing. Um, and so, yeah, so finding it is a, is, is a chore. It's, it's difficult, but um, you know, once you do find it, it's a, it's a really great asset to own. That's awesome. All right. So how do people get on your list or get connected or learn more um, about what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, so I actually have a, a podcast, um, the real estate investing club.com. You can check out the real estate investing club.com uh, for the podcast. You can go to the website, the real estate investing club to get in contact. Uh, you can just email me at Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Um, if you want to get on our list. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, Gabe, thanks so much. And uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining us here on another episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. If you're not in the Facebook group, jump in the Facebook group so you can watch all the all the lives on the uh, on the Facebook wall. Or um, definitely go and download us on uh, whether it's iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five star review so we can keep having awesome people like Gabe on and uh, keep kicking butt. Gabe, I'll reach out to you in just a little bit, but thank you so much for being here with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.